In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's true, I believe, that every person in this church desires to be happy. And not just the church, for that matter, but of everyone in the world. We all desire to be happy. And God wants that for us, too. The part that's difficult is that we live in a fallen world. We also, additionally, are fallen ourselves. We're sinners. And because of those two, the fallen world and that we're sinners, there's suffering. There's suffering that we all endure in some way, shape, or form. For some of us, it's on a normal daily basis. So in the midst of us having suffering that's just normal, truly, normal in our lives to have suffering, how is it that we can be happy? Well, our Lord Jesus Christ gives us the answer, and the answer is beginning with this weekend's gospel. This gospel text is from St. Matthew, beginning of chapter 5. For over the next few Sundays, we're going to be honing in on chapters 5 through 7 in St. Matthew's gospel. It's the famous Sermon on the Mount. And particularly with today's gospel text, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, we get God's plan of happiness for us. We heard what is commonly known as the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are they who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Now, we, the Greek here, the original language that the gospel was written in, the Greek, it's a pretty good translation to say blessed. But in English, the word that they're using in Greek, there's a more appropriate term with what the Greek is trying to get at. And that word is actually happy. It's actually the word happy. So if you were to go through this whole gospel text again, just switch out the word blessed for the word happy, it changes it a little bit more for us English listeners. Happy are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Happy are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Happy are the meek, for they will inherit the land, and so on. But when we hear that, though, it still sounds strange, does it not? Particularly if we focus on the second one, Happy are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Any of us who have lost a loved one or attended a funeral, it's not an event in which one is happy. We're sorrowful. We're crying. We have just lost a loved one, a friend. Each of these beatitudes, they are paradoxes. They are flipped on their heads, so to speak. Happy are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Happy are they poor in spirit, for theirs will be the kingdom of heaven. And happy are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. So on. What's happening here is that these, this plan of God's happiness, it's geared towards not this world. It's eschatological, which means that it's geared towards something better. It's geared towards the next life. It's geared towards heaven itself. This is God's plan of happiness for us, that even in the midst of us living in a world that's fallen, we ourselves being fallen and us being sinners, and we endure suffering on a regular basis, that suffering can now become a moment to grow in holiness and also at the same time, it's just an irony of situations, it's also a moment that we can grow in happiness. Happy are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Think of people who have great humility here. That's what it's referring to. Someone who doesn't have many possessions whatsoever. Their life is just geared towards, okay, I have really much, 
of nothing in my life, but I do have God. And my dependence on God is so strong because I have no other dependence on anything else. I depend on God. Blessed are, happy are the poor in spirit, those who are humble, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Happy are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. How can that make sense unless we think of the next life, the afterlife? We think of heaven. Those that we mourn, someone who's passed away, we can think of God willing, I'll be in heaven someday. And God willing, the individual who just passed away, they'll be there too. And we'll be with each other for the rest of our existence. Happy are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Now, most people ask, what in the world does it mean to be meek? (laughs) It's a good question, right? Well, it means to be gentle. Someone has a gentle nature about themselves, but not gentle in the particular way we might be thinking of. Here's a great example of this particular beatitude. Happy are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Whenever anyone is enduring insults, particularly if they are completely unjustified, someone's just getting blasted by someone with all these insults, lots of unfortunate cuss words and curse words coming out of the insulter's mouth, and that particular individual, what's usually the knee-jerk reaction for us as sinners? Well, we want to insult them back. We want to get even, you know. In other words, we're wanting to, we're receiving an evil. We want to dish back an evil. And what our Lord Jesus Christ is saying, no. Yield to them insulting you and return something good instead. You know, I'm sorry you... I'm sorry you've been, you have these thoughts about me and the like. I will definitely take into consideration what you said. I'll pray for you and I'll pray on this matter as well. A big one just because when we think of God, we think of church, this is a popular topic. Blessed, happy are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. This is a big one. You know, our Lord is emphasizing here this plan of happiness for us that if someone is wronging us, we are to forgive them. That doesn't mean that if we forgive them that what they did is right. That never means that, no. But it does mean that we are called to forgive. And if they keep wrong us again, we forgive them again. If they keep doing it again, we forgive again and again and again and again. It never stops. It never stops. And for some of us, that's very challenging depending on what's happened to us in our lives. But here's the way to look at it. God's mercy, Him, dying on the cross and rising from the dead, that is purely a gift to us all. A gift that not a single person in this church and not a single person in all of humanity merited. We were never owed this gift of God's mercy. It's a complete gift to us. And as this gift is something that God constantly wants us to receive from him, As long as we are contrite in our hearts, we go to him, we say we're sorry for our sins, the evil we've committed, particularly going to the sacrament of confession. We forgive, he forgives, we receive his mercy. And so we too should imitate God in that sense, that we should constantly be dishing out mercy, particularly for those people that don't deserve it. They're the ones that especially need to receive mercy as difficult as it truly can be. Because when you think of that line, that beatitude, happy are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. How many of us have seen, or maybe we can relate to ourselves, possibly, of someone who doesn't show mercy? What is that individual like? They're uptight, grumpy. It's someone that you don't want to be, someone you don't want to hang out with. But our Lord is saying to us, liberate yourself. 
be happy. And indeed, do that by being merciful, just as I am merciful with you all the time. These Beatitudes, it's a plan of happiness for our lives in light of us living in a fallen world and us being sinners ourselves that we endure suffering on a normal basis. Just suffering is normal in our lives. But God has given us the method and mechanism to transform that, to keep it eschatological, thinking of the next life, of heaven itself. So I encourage you all as a homework assignment, take the gospel text home, point, read through, find a beatitude that you're like, you know, that's one that I really do struggle with and start living it out more in your life, praying about it to God, saying, hey, help me to be more merciful, help me to be meek, etc. Help me to live out this plan of happiness that you have given to us because I truly do want to be happy. And God, of course, will help you out. There will be work involved, but he will help you out. And you will be so impressed with the great life that God wants you to have when you live the life of happiness according to his design. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.